Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Friday, October 6th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 540 features the Boston Globe's Adam Himmelsbach. And I'm Evan Valenti, and today's show is powered by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. New Celtics beat. Training camp is underway. Media day is behind us, and... uh I hope you tuned into last week's show. I hope you've been tuning in, quite frankly, for months, because we have been telling you, maybe not in every little detail along the way, but we have been telling you what was going to happen, what we felt strongly, anyway, was going to happen. Yeah, the card, you know, everything had to align and blah, blah, blah. But this, we don't get a lot of chances to take, you know, true, just impassioned victory laps on this show. This is certainly one when it comes to telling you for months Malcolm Brogdon would not be here when the season started and that obviously if he was to go, you had to get a good guard in return. And on top of that, that I wasn't sold Derek White would in fact be this team's starting point guard and that the the team was more comfortable with him coming off the bench. Now that part still remains to be seen. We'll find out. Starting five is a little bit overrated when it comes to all that. We can dive into that stuff, but very pleased to have Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe here with us. And there are so many different things that we have to cover here with Adam, but what you may not know, because we do this once a year with Adam, at least once a year anyway. And you don't typically, you can, you can Let's read. Syracuse wins 10 football games. That's, that's, well, only- that's, that's, that's where I wanted to go. So the, the agreement last year, Adam, was that we would get you for a second time, depending on how many football games Syracuse won. We're all Syracuse people had Syracuse won uh, enough. You know, we, we would have had you back a second time because you don't do a lot of these interviews. You make time for us. We greatly appreciate that. Syracuse didn't uh, hold its, its end of the bargain last year, but off to a four and one start right now. So what's it take? How many do we need this year to get you for another in-season interview let's keep the same we had 10 wins last year was the mark okay and and i think we but i think we set that when they were six and oh for yeah, five I think and that's right. so it wasn't like the start of the year it was like all right it's somewhat realistic maybe and then they just tanked down the end so yeah let's keep it at 10 they have a soft schedule after they get through florida state i, don't know. I, I wouldn't wins. call it soft they got to play i think four of their five, like UNC's ranked, Duke's ranked, Miami's ranked, and Florida State's ranked. They have four ranked opponents left. I don't think they play Duke, to be honest, but maybe they, they do. I, I don't know. I, we, All I know is I thought they had a real shot to beat Clemson and not get embarrassed the way that they it's did. It's always they, the Clemson. It was the same thing last year. They went into Clemson, had a chance to win that game, to decide, let's not give the ball to Sean Tucker. 
we'll just we're just gonna keep throwing even though we have the lead against the team on the road. And yeah. uh it felt it literally because I Kaufman, I was telling you like Tex Himmelsbach, like I'm feeling confident. Like he better get ready for for show number two. <laughs> I was like puffing my chest out. Not confident yeah. this year. Not confident. Yeah, we'll see. Four and one start, but uh there there's one thing I could be abundantly confident in, and that is that the vast majority of listeners of this show do not give a damn about Syracuse football and want to hear about the Celtics from someone who I was gonna say how many how how many lost during that opening segment. I know I'll just fast forward, skip thirty, skip (laughs) thirty, skip thirty, whatever. All right, Celtics. Let me just I'll wave my arms for people watching on the video. We're ready to talk Celtics at this point. Adam, you've been around this team uh, as closely as anybody. Obviously, the reporting has been fantastic. You have become, and and this is not a new thing in in recent weeks or months. It's been this way for years. You've become the. Uh, I don't want to make you blush, but it's true. When when Adam speaks, we listen. When it comes to reporting on the Boston Celtics, you have become the that. guy. Uh, everybody else is terrific, but but you know it's it's like well, has Himmelsbach reported on this yet? That's just the bottom line. And so that in mind, let's uh, get your impressions of what has been going on, obviously, with this team. Before we get into the moves specifically, just the overall sort of temperament. I mean, very clearly, vibes are high for anyone that watched the. Uh, Drew Holiday introductory press conference a couple of days ago. I I tweeted out it was it just it was the like best shape of our lives in, in vibes energy in a press conference when it comes to uh, Brad Stevens couldn't wipe the grin off his face. Uh, Wick Grosbeck I I thought was gonna you know like buy True Holiday an apartment. <laughs> it was it, like, can we move in together? It was getting nuts with how excited, obviously, everybody is about this acquisition, where this team appears and hopes to be going as long as it's healthy, obviously. So uh, give us a closer look at what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, we saw the same thing you did. It was, honestly, I thought, and this is no fault of Drew's, like he almost seemed a little uncomfortable with it, to be honest. Uh, just being gassed through the press conference basically by Wick, Steve, and Brad. But it was like, it was a lot. Like some of us were looking at each other afterwards. Like that was like, that just felt like a lot in terms of expectations and raising, uh, kind of the hopes just instantly when this guy had been in town for like 24 hours. But there's no doubt, like people are feeling good about where this team is. And, and it, it felt like for the first time, like there's, with the Celtics, there's always in the offseason, there's always so much uncertainty. Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? I know fans get upset because for a lot of years, especially the later Danny Ainge years, those big, big deals sometimes fell through. Um, but now there's a sense of like, okay, we've really established this excellent top six uh, That's we feel like can win a championship. And it feels that way. It feels like, uh, I think I tweeted something like this, like, this doesn't feel like a regular season team because they're, they don't have the depth that they've had in past years. Right. It, it, I don't think it's a team that's necessarily going to win. Like, even though they are championship favorites, I don't think necessarily they'll win like 62 games or something like that, but they're built for the playoffs when rotations get whittled down and these are the guys you're sticking with and their top six can go up against anyone. And to that point, I mean, obviously like injuries can happen, whether it's freak stuff, random stuff, it, like, so I don't, I don't want to take anything for granted in that respect. 
But it's nice to not enter a season. This is something we've talked so much about, Ev. It's nice to not enter a season when you can already pinpoint a handful of guys that you have injury concerns about. You know, Malcolm Brogdon was one of them. He's off the roster. Obviously, Rob Williams, perennially one of those guys. He's off the roster. Still, you have Chris Porzingis concern there. You know that Al Horford's going to get load managed to the moon because of just age and whatever else. And, and again, injuries in general can happen. But to your point, it's why I've been saying I'm not even so sure that they'll they'll hit the over on their over under for wins at 54 and a half is because I just think that they don't care about seating. They don't care about, you know, this, that, and the other. It's about being healthy and ready for the postseason, establishing, as you said, that top six, even seven guys. And so that in mind, not having the depth they had, but having the stronger top six clearly than what it's been in recent years. I mean, when Drew Holiday is your fourth scoring option, he's a guy that can give you 20 points a game. It really says something, obviously. Is this team, in your mind, better than it was when last season ended? Uh, when last season ended, yeah. I still think I'm really curious to see. I, it, it's such a weird thing to talk about, like the stuff you can't really put an actual measure on. Um, but the Marcus Smart effect, I'm still going to be fascinated by. I just don't know. They're more talented, yes, but he was so important to like the fabric of this franchise the way he, obviously the things he saw, he's an incredible defender. He didn't get enough credit for his offensive game. People looked at his, whatever, three-point percentage not being tremendous, but he ran, he was the general of that offense um, that almost won a title. And he was the guy, like, that kind of, guys looked up, like, when things went wrong, he was the voice. When other teams pushed them around, he was the one stepping up. And that's a significant loss, I think. You know, it might they might not need it. You know, who knows? Some of like I said, some of those things are intangibles. You don't really know how important they are. But I'm really curious to see what it looks like without him. Some, yeah. Several people told me part of the reason uh, that they made this move they 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 think it's time for Jason and Jalen to kind of step into that role now, and this will force them to do that a little bit. I I want to piggyback off that because I, I am actually curious, Adam, because you might know some things that we don't know. Um, I think. Part of the reason why they might have pushed for Drew so much is he's kind of, if you're going to replace Marcus Smart with anybody in the league, Drew's probably on the short list of guys that you would say, yeah, that he can, he can do a lot of what Marcus did. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm talking Absolutely. teammate in the locker room, play on the court offensively and defensively. And then like Marcus was a big part of the community out off the court too, which I, I think is also important to the fabric of, of Marcus Smart. So my question for you, Adam, kind of revolves around trading through Drew Holiday. Maybe you know some things we don't know. Um, obviously the deal went through. Everybody's thrilled. You know, again, the vibes are immaculate. Brad is talking about how he asked Danny Ainge for years, hey, can we get Drew Holiday on this team? Like, can we make this happen? Do you feel like that maybe there was like, we're not being outbid for Drew Holiday on this one. We're ending up with Drew, you know, almost regardless of the price because they wanted to maybe fill that Marcus Smart role and how well Drew kind of seamlessly fits this team. Do you sense any of that? Yeah, I mean, there's you never say, like, we'll pay whatever the price is. Like, obviously, there's always a limit. You know, and, it, and it, I was told initially the asking price was extreme, not just to the Celtics, but to other teams around the league. We're talking like four or five first round picks or swaps and things like that. Um, but you know, that's how those negotiations start. That's not that unusual. And then you talk a little bit and say, okay, let's get down to brass tack. Um, but they wanted him. Like, you know, I know 
I know I have this reputation as like the cooler on Celtics deals that's like formed over the years and people get mad like, oh, you always you always bring bad news. I'm like, I'm like, it's not like I'm just telling you what's happening. Like, I'm not intentionally being like, oh, I don't want this to happen or this isn't going to happen. Like I'm saying, like, hey, I found out this is not going to happen. This one felt different from the moment, I guess, right after the Lillard trade went down, speaking to people. It wasn't that like, yeah, we'll see. It was, yeah, we want this guy. Um, it just sounded different. It felt different. And as the week progressed, none of that changed. And Evan, to your point, those Marcus Smart questions without question become a lot easier to figure out now that Drew's here. Because as a player, he feels he's a better offensive player than Marcus. Uh, you know, defensively, you can make an argument. Um, but, you know, off the court stuff is he's, like you said, he's active in the community. Everyone talks about this guy as like, a great guy. I've never, I've never spoken to people about a player and heard so such a unanimous like this guy's an incredible person, incredible teammate. So no doubt he feels part of that. Talking to people around the team and and who cover the team, it's sort of, I don't know if you would agree with this on on your own personal level, but you know, dealing away Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, Rob Williams, those three in particular, no disrespect to Malcolm Brogdon, but guys who had obviously been around for a while at multiple deep playoff runs, uh, really uh, core pieces of what this team has been looking to achieve in, in winning Banner 18, felt like there's a lot of, oh man, it hurts to lose these these three guys all in the same offseason, but it's been sort of emphasized more in a a personal way like these are all good guys and 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 great personalities people that you like talking to great community guy great all of the it all of that stuff gets mentioned before basketball and that's not to um you know de-emphasize their impact on the floor especially marcus's or rob when he's healthy but i feel like there was a lot of you know, we're really going to miss these guys as people more than their basketball fit. Whereas Chris Hapsporzing is coming in and Drew Holiday coming in. There's just been a, a transformation in terms of, wow, we can do a lot of different things we couldn't do before bringing these guys in. We believe that we are just, yeah, it hurts to lose those guys on a personal level, but on a basketball level, we are just better and more equipped now. Yeah, I think that's fair. The, I mean, there's no, that's part of being a fan, right? The people become, and that's what this is. People become attached to players. You, Mark Smart has been here longer than anyone, and he kind of fit this city uh, with his style and just the way he played and the way he approached things. Uh, and he embraced that. And when you lose a guy like that, people are going to be upset. That's not to say the changes aren't better. Like whatever. Sometimes, let's say you start a new job. There's parts you're like, oh, you know, I missed this and this. But I'm in a better situation. This situation is actually better. Like, it's okay to have both in the same um, conversation. So I think bringing in these guys, they're going to play differently. Joe Mazzula has emphasized that a lot this past week. He goes, look, we're going to play to our personnel. We're going to restructure things a little bit. We have now a seven foot three big guy who can, like, hit threes. We didn't have that last year. You know, now we have uh, a guy in Drew who people talk about, not just uh, – him as a defender, which everybody knows, but a lot of people have talked over and over about his strength, just like his ability to just be physical with players, no matter who they are from, you know, I talked to Charles Lee about him. He goes, man, Milwaukee, he's on Steph Curry one minute and Julius Randle the next, like not a lot of guys can do that, but he has the physical traits to do it. 
So I think Mozilla is really looking forward to figuring things out. And, you know, that's, and I think that's what those, maybe the first month might be a little, not rocky, but they're definitely going to be experimenting and trying to find what works with this team moving forward because there are going to be some significant changes in the way they play. Do you think that Drew Holiday is here long term? You know, there's been a lot of talk about his potential. He's extension eligible, obviously, in February. It seems like Brad Stevens would like him to retire here. But, uh, you know, do, do you think that we see him uh, get a new multi-year deal? Yeah, it seems talking to people on both sides, that is very much the plan. Um, he'll, he obviously has to wait six months to sign an extension. So I think April 2nd. I'm put, just putting a story today is the exact day he would be eligible for one, but I would expect them to figure something out. This isn't this is not a Drew Holiday rental. Um, and you got to remember, he's they, the Celtics in general, like they've gotten older too. Like not just Tatum Brown getting older, but like as a roster, like Drew. If they make the finals, Drew will turn 34 during the finals. Like obviously Al is older. That's two years six. Like Derek White will be 30. Like there's this for the, for the longest time. This team was the uh, they're you know, they're coming close and it's, but it's always like, oh, but they're so young still like, oh, this was a chance, but just wait until these guys mature and develop. And the sense you get also just watching the way they're putting together this team is they realize, all right, this is our window. This window is now. That's not to say they can't, you know, in a few years move on from Drew and Al and keep building around Tatum, who still has plenty of years left, but there's no doubt uh, the kind of like youth movement days are over with this team and they're trying to win championships. You had Wick the other day talking about a six-year window. Yeah, that was an interesting number. I, I just took that as Tatum's, basically Tatum's window. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, you mentioned Derek White. Where do things stand with a potential extension for him? Is that a priority for the organization or even for him? Or do you think he might be thinking about potentially getting more on the open market? Yeah, not sure. I haven't heard a lot about Derek's extension yet. Um, there definitely have had talks and will. Um, Derek's the kind of guy that he's never going to come out and say you know i deserve this i need this and if for some reason that doesn't work out like remember last year grant was a little upset when he didn't get one like you won't you won't hear that from Derek if it doesn't happen um but i'm sure they'll look you know if something works out for both sides they'll, they'll try to find a way but they obviously they want Derek to be a part of this team long term as well do you think he feels that way yeah i think so i mean he he wants to win and if we asked him the other day about uh you know because here's a guy who thought he was hands down the starting point guard on this team and all of a sudden Drew Holiday's in and now it's like, oh, is Derek even going to start? And Missoula said he's not sure yet uh, how he's going to work in the starting lineups, but he's, Derek's very much a guy, like this team is filled with like those guys, like quintessential teammates. And he, you won't hear any like chirping from him. It won't be like Malcolm Brogdon 2.0 um, if he comes off the bench again. And, you know, but I think, I think he, he's happy to win a wing team. He'll have a, Look, if he comes off the bench, he's still going to have a huge role in this team. It's not like he's going to be at the end of the bench minimized or anything like that. We'll get right back to Adam. Much more Celtics talk on the way. But, uh, you know, we're talking about title odds for the Celtics, over-unders for wins, all that good stuff. It's a good thing we're sponsored by a sports book, Ev. Yeah, it is. And we're going to take a break to tell you today's show is powered by FanDuel. Snap into the NFL action this year with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, folks. That's 200 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Doesn't matter. You're going to get it. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. There's so much happening. There's football every week. There's college football. There's pro football. But as Adam mentioned, the NBA season's around in the corner. I'm sure we're going to talk about a couple of different things 
in terms of placing wagers when it's Celtics related as we get closer to the NBA season. But obviously, as I've been doing on here, I've been talking a little bit more football uh, than basketball. Kaufman, I don't think it will shock you, but uh, last week wasn't a good week for your guy. Wasn't a good week. Wasn't great. We're going to be licking our wounds and hopefully making up for it a little bit this week. Um, and I got to tell you, I kind of dig – just going to throw a couple out there for, for lines for people that, that enjoy this sort of thing. I kind of like Houston plus one and a half on the road in Atlanta. I just think Houston's a really well-coached uh, football team. Uh, I okay. actually also enjoy the Colts plus two and a half at home against the Titans. Maybe not for everybody, but a thought there. And I'm with I'm you on the Colts. I like that one. I, and I kind of like Baltimore. I think Baltimore getting healthy right now. Uh, I think uh, Lamar is having a heck of a season. Um, I think their defense is getting healthier. Their offensive line is getting healthier. And they're minus four and a half in Pittsburgh. I know it's a tough one, a divisional game. It can be kind of tough. Think about that one a little bit more. But, I, again, as Baltimore gets healthier, I think they might end up being the class of the, NFC, of the AFC North. So a couple of things to keep an eye on as we progress through this week and, of course, throughout the season. And you can download the app right to your phone for FanDuel. It's the easiest thing in the world to use. You get paid instantly, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off this NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus in present Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, let's get back to Himmelsbach. Joe Mazzula has come up a few times. He's been, uh, you know, I think whether it's the interview with uh, the Old Man the Three podcast that he did with J.J. Reddick, it's a really good listen for anyone that hasn't checked it out, or just, you know, hearing him talk to you guys early in camp, uh, those, you know, the throngs of media that are out there, obviously, at the Hourback Center. It's he's There's an element of of uh it seems comfort obviously he can be self-deprecating he's you know I, I think he's got a good personality that we just you know saw very little of last year you know he got tight as as the season went on and never really relented I think it's part of why Charles Lee and Sam Cassell are here uh but also it's just the transition to you know being the the guy and knowing he's the guy there's no interim tag it's he had a full off season to prepare he's he's going into a new year uh, without just being having it thrust onto him a couple days before media day, the way it, it happened last year with the Ime Odoka situation, I, it's just uh, again, I'm I'm guessing, I'm I'm putting words in his mouth, but I'm guessing it's just the 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 comfort of a new year and a full year and and a a, a totally different situation to where we were for, with him on a personal level one year ago today. Uh, are, how much of that are are you observing, and and how different, calmer, more at ease, kind of within the job does he seem? Yeah, he absolutely seems more comfortable, more engaging, um, less combative with us. There's no no doubt, and he said he's acknowledged, like, look, it was I didn't know kind of how I was supposed to be. I didn't know what this was supposed to be like. You gotta remember, this is a guy like he was like a behind the bench assistant coach before he took over. It wasn't even a situation where, like, you know, if somebody got ejected, you know, 
Ime got ejected the year before. Brad got ejected. He's stepping it like Joe is nowhere near a role like this. He coached Division II college basketball in Fairmont, West Virginia. Uh, was his only head coaching experience. So he had to, he had to figure out what it means. Now he he said he's kind of like grasping now. He understands he holds an important position in this city, and like what he says means a lot to a lot of people. And he's kind of taking that responsibility a little more. And it's been cool to see him just like open up more because he does have a personality down there. And like when you generally like I wrote a big story about him at the start of last year uh, where we went out to lunch together. And in that he was like really engaging and comfortable. And in that setting, so you see he had it there. It wasn't like, you know, it didn't exist, but he just wasn't comfortable necessarily bringing it out uh, just yet. Of course, you know, a couple of other media members and I have joked around. Let's see what happens, you know, when you lose to the Hornets in mid-November. <laughs> <laughs> and what you know what the interactions are like but you know obviously every coach would be upset by something like that but for now yeah he he's more comfortable uh more outgoing and i feel like just a little more open which would be good for everyone it's good for him good for fans good for the players you know i think it's just a better situation so far i think i remember that story i think in that as a nugget in that story about him asking his wife if he could live in an rv in the parking lot outside the gym and i, I remember reading that bit. this is the kind of psychopath you want to be the head coach of your, of your basketball <laughs> team guy just wakes up and he's like i don't want to waste any time from here to the i just want to wake up walk outside and be right at the gym so i, I thought that was because it, it comes across too in that interview you mentioned with jj he talks about how you know previous to getting him getting this job like he got off the service elevator because it was the closest to the film room. He'd be like, I didn't have to see anybody, talk to anybody. I could just go from point A to point B and just get my work done. And so like a lot of people give Joe a hard time and, you know, he's learning on the job but at the same time. Like I, I was a very big Joe defender because it's like, man, like he's his first, he went from D to Fairmont to the coach of the most successful NBA franchise. This is not easy. Uh, especially with the, the circumstances. But I think, you know, considering he has more help this year, considering uh, the rosters, I think, a little bit better. Again, he knows his players a little bit better. I think it's going to be a, a much better experiment. How have you interacted so far with the two new guys that that headlined the bench with him and Charles Lee and, and with Sam Cassell? It's nice having those two guys in the building. Have you got to talk with them much? Yeah, uh, I spoke to Sam at Summer League in Vegas, and he seems like he's a guy they needed. Uh, especially with Damon Stoudemire gone. Uh, he'll, he'll have a little more prominent roles maybe than Damon, but similar uh, having a guy with that experience, championship experience in his case. Uh, he's worked a lot with Jason Tatum after practice this week when we've been able to watch for a little bit, just kind of doing individual stuff. And Tatum talked about yesterday saying like, you know, it's cool to hear his stories and hear his perspective. The guys appreciate stuff like that. It's just different. And this, let's be honest, the Celtics staff over the years, dating back to the Stevens era, hasn't had a lot of like NBA, former NBA players with significant experience. They just haven't. Um, so it was important to bring him in. And I sat down with Charles earlier this week, really impressive guy. I don't know how much fans are going to see him talk or whatever, but um, people are going to like just his general vibe, really, really positive seems to have a good outlook. This is a guy that interviewed for head coaching jobs around the NBA, very well respected. He's already been working with Drew, obviously. So that, I mean, I, I said, I was like, would you ever have thought that was, you know, going to happen? That wouldn't, wouldn't even be on anyone's radar when Charles Lee was hired. Oh yeah, maybe later this year, Celtics will actually trade for the point guard you've coached for the last two years and helped win a championship. So he's excited about that. Drew is excited about that as well. 
So Sam Cassell would be a, a good hire as a, you know, a, a head assistant on any staff. But obviously what makes him a uniquely good hire here is that he's part of that group that last won a championship here in 2008. And we've heard the team talk a lot in recent days. Joe Missoula sending an email out to former Celtics, basically imploring them to, you know, come back and and be part of this. And I, I feel like that's something that we saw, you know, a lot back in the uh, late 90s, even when the team wasn't good, early 2000s. I think a lot, a big part of it was probably Tommy Heinsohn's presence still being here. Obviously, he's passed, but, you know, you had the old guard come around. And some of those guys, obviously, many of them have, have passed away over the years. And so it's it's kind of that next generation to where, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the Paul Pierce's and the Kevin Garnett's. Paul's been around at training camp the last couple of days. I don't know. Maybe KG comes back at some point. I imagine he will. He was here last year. I don't know if Ray Allen even shows face. I think that would really uh, get people's attention, obviously, now that uh, fences have been mended there after all the years of uh, personal turmoil. I, I think there are a lot of guys that just go beyond the the Dana Barrows and the the Leon Poe's and, you know, Eddie House and Scal, you know, guys who are part of the broadcast crew now, people that, you know, be nice to have more and more obviously come back and it's clear it's important to the organization. What do you see this year looking like from that regard? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Like, it's obviously, it was an emphasis for Joe, and he saw it right away. Like, Satch Sanders, who's kind of the – he's the old guard standing. Obviously, him, Bob Cousy, um, mm-hmm. and was at the very first practice sitting there watching. Obviously, Paul has been here now for a few days this week and, like, worked out with Tatum for, like, a month in L.A. this summer. It's kind of has more – I think the way Joe described it was uh, you see a lot of guys – NBA players, they go back, offseason comes, they go back to their colleges. Tatum, you saw it, went back to Duke a couple of weeks ago. He's like, guys are always like, you know, I got to get back to my school. I get up in school. He's like, I want that same feel here where former players feel like that they want to come back here and hang out and maintain that connection. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses over the year. It might be something that's more visible during training camp. Um, but there's no doubt it's, it's a new push. And, you know, the only composites I think can come from it, especially – for the current players to be around these guys. When you do, when you do mention that 08 title team, the last team to actually win in Boston, kind of they can tell their stories and uh, share things about their experiences, which I think the younger players do appreciate. When it comes to building a winner here, and I think the the teams had a very good off season. I honestly, I was not sold on their moves pre Drew Holiday trade. I thought there were a lot of questions coming out of the dealing smart, acquiring Przingis, some obvious holes that have been shored up by bringing holiday in so i'm much happier now than i was you know a a week ago or however long ago but as as we look forward i think it's very clear listening to ownership that there's an element of impatience you know it's they've been on the cusp they've been in conference finals five out of the last seven years they've obviously not won a championship since 2008 it's it's boston banners are what it's all about wick knows that as and, and the rest of that group as well as anybody and so when it comes to spending and, you know, potential 
second apron penalties long-term, that type of thing. What what impression do you get in, in talking to people behind the scenes or just hearing from ownership in general about how uncomfortable they're willing to get financially to actually bring another winner here? I mean, they've made this pretty clear the whole way. Like, they're they're ready to spend. And, the, you know, these moves are indications of that. Like, Drew's a 36 million dollar player like they're in the second apron now it's no there there could have been some maneuvering elsewhere like they're gonna be well well into it and they're prepared for it um you know it's something that's new obviously they're trying to formulate you want to how long you're up there and what you know long-term penalties how it's going to affect you but if you're going to be if right now if you're building a championship team like that's something you're going to have to deal with like look at the warriors spending over the past like 10 years it's been just astronomical um so I, one thing you know if you're a fan you feel good and i know people haven't always felt that way uh about ownership around here but like that you feel pretty good about uh wick and pads i would say and their dedication to it there's also a a 6.2 million dollar trade player exception that they have if i'm not mistaken is that something that because uh, i know in in certain moves they've made they've lost uh, certain abilities, certain exceptions, that type of thing. But I, I believe they still have this TPE here. Is this yeah, that one's from Grant? Yeah. Do Do you think they'll use it? Uh, I mean, like anything else, it's a chip. Like they've had so many trade exceptions over the years that have expired without being used, and people don't notice. But it's always good to have, you know, something in your war chest that could be an asset. They'll, I think they're gonna, you know, they'll look and see. Like, look, this the way this offseason went. It's it was also like definitely vote of confidence for some guys, particularly Peyton Pritchard. Really, like. The way they, you know, even if they hadn't brought in Drew and traded Malcolm, like giving up Smart and not really finding a replacement, like that was like, hey, Peyton, we think you can be a significant player for us. And they still feel that way. Um, you know, you're going to see what Sam Hauser can do. O'Shea Brissett uh, ha- has, you know, performed pretty well from people I've spoken to. They want to see the second unit, but then, but they will have a chance. If it doesn't work out, like if these guys struggle or their injuries, they're going to have, opportunities come the trade deadline to make an upgrade if they need it uh and they still have they've given up some picks but they still have you know beyond the ones they just traded and then they have the pick swap with the spurs in a few years they have plenty of firsts to deal with and they have a million second round picks so there'll be chances for them if they find a need to upgrade the roster in february do you view the front front court as uh after dealing rob williams having a hole now that needs to be plugged. You know, Blake Griffin's come up a lot. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Uh, is is there a, a a move that you see, not obviously a monumental one, but a move that you see potentially being made before the season, or is that more of a potential in-season adjustment? No, I think that they if there was a move they were going to make, like, they would have done it. Like, I, I think they like Luke Cornett. Uh, again, this isn't a team that's building to have a million regular season wins. Team building for the playoffs. Uh, they'll reassess and, you know, like they'll, inevitably there'll be some injury that makes them kind of reformulate things a little bit. That's the one thing that could derail this team. I do feel like if a top six guy gets injured, that there isn't a ton of depth uh, in terms of championship depth. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate anything happening. And they, you know, they have a bunch of these guys on partial guarantees right now that they're intrigued to see in training camp, the winning Gabriels of the world, the Lionel Bantons, you know, they're going to get an opportunity to show what they have um, throughout these preseason games. 
before we let you go, how do you think they stack up with the Bucks? You know, I think in in many ways, and I'm not the first to mention this. In fact, I think we talked about it last week when when the writing was on the wall for the holiday trade that you know the there's there's an element of of thanks that goes to the Bucks organization for bringing in Damian Lillard because I'm not so sure Drew Holiday becomes available if they don't, and so not only does he not. Lillard, that is, go to Miami. He obviously goes to one of your chief rivals, no doubt about it, but it frees up an opportunity for you to get better as the Celtics. So that's, you know, kind of a a, a win right there. I think the Celtics would, would happily take that. But now these two teams, another team that is pretty top heavy uh Middleton is is not what he was at this point but you still have as good a two-man tandem in Lillard and Giannis as there is in the NBA how do these teams stack up at the top of the east as it comes to you know who has the right to potentially face if it's Denver again on the other side in June yeah the Bucs the Bucs can't be pleased with this like they had to do this obviously Damian Lillard is available this was not only a move to bring in Damian Lillard. More than anything, it was a move to keep Giannis. And they have to do it. You have a player like like Giannis is a generational talent. You have to do whatever you can to make sure he's with your franchise. I get all that. But there, the idea of freeing up Drew Holiday to go to your biggest competition in the East, like, can't be good for them. Like, there's, <laughs> I'm sure they considered it and they were aware, like, this guy's probably going to be flipped, you know? They would have probably much preferred him end up on the Clippers or something like that. Uh, and if you're the, the Bucks as well, the, the reports about Middleton, like right now, are not encouraging. He hasn't really done anything in training camp yet. And you hear Adrian Griffin be really vague about it, you know, without any specific dates or uh, details, just kind of saying like, oh, yeah, he did some side work. He's he's right on course. Okay, you know. What does that mean? Where when is he actually going to play in real games? You know, maybe he's fine, but it's certainly ominous. Um, the words that are coming out of Milwaukee right now. So I think right now the Celtics have to feel a little bit better about their position than Milwaukee does, given that. Yeah, totally. Adam, let uh, uh, go ahead. No, totally agree. I'm I'm hundred percent with him on that for sure. Adam, we'll let you jump off as we uh, we Evan and I will keep going for a little bit here, but we'll we'll monitor Syracuse's road to ten wins and hopefully get you again mid season at some point here. Well, they get so they get the bowl game that that'll count. So if they yeah you know, nine and three and a bowl win, you know, sounds good. I'm not holding my breath, Adam. They got to try and steal one this weekend. This is a big big opportunity. Big one. This will be a big one. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Adam Hibblesbach of the Boston Globe, absolutely. Always great insights and uh, analysis and obviously just behind-the-scenes talk about what is going on with this organization and and uh, potential uh, opportunities for, for the team to lock players up long-term, for sure. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be keeping an eye on that when it comes to, to Drew Holiday, to Derek White. I didn't even ask about a potential Peyton Pritchard extension, but that's another one that you know, as, as time goes on, we'll be thinking about, but uh, Ev, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, normally we'd sign off right along with the guests, but I wanted to give us a few minutes to talk as well, because, you know, we said for anyone to listen to the show last week with Abby Chin, and obviously the Damian Lillard trade had happened, seemed like Drew Holiday could be available, wasn't likely to stay in Portland. And I mean, we laid this out. I mean, I, I flat out said to you, this is when, like, in, in another universe, we'd get fancy and just play the clip from last week. But I flat out said... I might you know, still do it. I, I said, hey, if if the... Uh, please, go right ahead. Let's You can cut all this crap out and just put that in instead. I, oh. I, I, I said to you, if, if the Celtics have an opportunity to get Drew Holiday and it costs them Malcolm Brogdon and Rob Williams and picks, that was the trade. 
I outlined it for you. Are you in or out? At out. the time, in the moment, you didn't like it. Nope. I said I was all about it. We didn't really force Abby into a, a declaration there. But uh, as as the week has gone on, as we've we've taken a dive into the analytics, you've you've sort of been uh, reminded on our text thread quite how impactful a player Drew Holiday is. Uh, was it more of the emotional uh, turn of like, man, it sort of sucks to let Rob Williams go, uh, or or if, you know, have have you just sort of done a, a full one eighty and come around on the trade? I mean, I still have legit concerns over their big man depth. Like, I think that's, I'm, I'm justified and I'm very, like, I think it's okay that I'm worried about that. Sure. Um, I will say though, if you were trying to replace Marcus Smart, as we said with Adam Himmelsbach, like, this is the perfect guy to do that. I mean, he's really, he really is just kind of, uh, the perfect carbon copy for that and even a better version of that. His shooting numbers are off the charts. Um, he's, going to be the best passer on the team by a wide margin as i kind of joked about between you me and seth uh they now have a guy on their team on the team that could make an entry pass in a little post if they wanted to do something like that and i feel comfortable with it um look you got to do two things one again they, they have big man depth issues i think i think you know if they if any one of al or chris Stapps get hurt you know they're in a, a real a real bind um it will help though that they have better rebounding forwards wings uh, and guards that, than most teams do. Um, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are excellent rebounders. Uh, you know, Drew Holiday is a more physical guy. He's a guy that can go in and get rebounds. I think he averaged about five or six, uh, per game throughout the past couple of years. So it's, it's concerning, you know, in terms of, you know, defending the glass and defending the rim and all that stuff. That being said, this is the perfect fit. I mean, it really, you couldn't have done a, a better job of trying to bring someone in here um, that's going to do exactly the other things that you want a guard for the Boston Celtics to do. He's going to fit seamlessly with Jalen and Jason, especially Jason. Um, I'm curious how they'll stagger. Like, they have so many intriguing lineup options now with Drew Holiday. How they stagger these six guys is going to be really interesting. Um, I've been a big proponent of, like, Chris Epps, Porzingis, is more of a two than a three. And, and people have given me like a lot of flack for that. Um, they just have four guys that can flat out score at any time. Um, yeah. as, as a lot of people want to point out with, you know, Milwaukee, how tough their, their two man game's going to be. Boston's got four dudes that's, that are, are all when they're, when they're on fire, going to be impossible to stop. Um, I said this a while ago, one of the shows you took off, um, justifiably so. I think you're on vacation. Uh, that the Celtics kind of felt like Phoenix East already. And they just took that wall and bashed it down and made a new one. They are definitely the Phoenix Suns of the East. I mean, you compare those two teams, they're both very top heavy. Um, and I, and I, I dig the approach. Again, I think I'm still, my, my concerns are valid, but Drew Holiday is, is just a spectacular player. Uh, defensively, offensively. I love that he talked about picking up guys full court with Jalen Brown. I'd love to see what that looks like with Derek White. And, like, that would just be a lot of fun. You create a lot of havoc that way. You maybe get some easy points that way. But, Kaufman, you want to talk about taking a victory lap? You've been doing this ever since they traded Marcus Smart. Like, they're not done. This is not – this this roster is not finished. I mean, you've been adamant, pounding the table every week, it feels like. So how does it feel to be right? I mean, you were you were calling this months ago. And, they were, and here we are, ready to rock and roll for training camp, and you were riding the money with that. I just think it became increasingly clear that the roster didn't make sense 
<laughs> like it, it had obvious questions that I, I just, I, I trust in Brad Stevens. And it was the first time where he made a move where if he was done, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I didn't know where they were going from there. And so now, not that they could have foreseen this at the time that they acquired Porzingis, you know, they knew Damian Lillard was going to be available. They didn't know he was going to go to Milwaukee. Nobody was talking about Milwaukee. And of course it springs, you know, drew holiday free and, and they're able to kind of complete the puzzle. But, you know, at, at that time it was, there were a lot more questions than answers, you know, not only for people like me who are skeptics, but definitely I'm sure within the Celtics front office and saying, all right, you know, we're, we're on the right track here. We're building something, but how do we finish the job? You know, where, where do we, where do we sort of shore this thing up? And I don't think they knew. And this, you know, just to, it, it happened and it, it works. And I think that part of the reason that I didn't say this to Adam, but I think part of the reason that, that, you know, ownership, Brad, whoever that, you know, they were falling all over themselves during that press conference with holiday that, as Adam said, might've even made drew a little bit uncomfortable is because, you know, they knew how important it was to not only get another adult in the room, which drew holiday is, is as Adam noted, as respected a player as there is in the NBA, he's like three time teammate of the year or whatever it is. And, you know, you see the post his wife puts out about, leaving Milwaukee and sort of accepting the realities of the business, but the, the sad truths of it as well. And establishing yourself, establishing yourself in the community and how important all of that is. And and now looking obviously to it here, but you know, how important it was to, to get another adult in the room along with Al Horford. I put those two and that's not disrespecting anybody else on the roster. It's just, most guys are younger, you know, Horford holiday. They've been around the block. They, you know, they are guys that, that, you know, really fill and holiday, maybe even more so maybe he is truly that new smart in terms of uh, a de facto leader of this team, at least in terms of more of a vocal leader. But also I think the team really wanted to get a guy in there. Not that they were going to get any guy. It's just true. Holiday fits the bill. So perfectly, I think they wanted to get another guy in there that, or not even another, a guy in there that isn't on the coaching staff that has won a championship you know, that, that knows what it takes to, to, but, but it's not just a, like a, it's, it's different when it's your starting, you know, a starting guard who is still an impactful player, a top defensive player, a leader, a scorer, all of the different things that holiday does, even in his early to mid thirties versus if you were adding like your, you know, the, the 10th guy on your roster that was regularly going to crack the rotation, not going to play much. He was kind of going to be your Udonis Haslam type guy who could speak to it but couldn't really show it and display it it makes a difference it matters when you bring in a guy that has done it and can still do it and can still help lead you there and so holiday for just a litany of reasons we haven't even talked about how what a killer shooter he is or brown talking about his his you know, insane competitiveness and all of that, all the different things that all the reasons that everyone is, is just obsessed with this acquisition and rightfully so I it's, it's not about like as much as we joke and I joked off the top of the show, partially joke part of, you know, part of it was a legitimate pat on the back. Cause I don't get to do that often, but it's not, it's not being right so much of is it's just, like now it makes sense. Now I understand this roster. Now I love this roster and I'm truly, and I didn't think I would say this at the end of last year when everyone was having the conversations about 
you know, do you kind of like blow up the core, quote unquote, which they really, you know, it's still a two man core at its, but like Rob or smart, like these guys were your three, your four, like you've, you've really, you know, made monumental changes. Marcus Smart's out. Malcolm Brogdon's out. Rob Williams is out. Grant Williams is out. In is Chris Tapps Porzingis. Drew Holiday's in. I mean, these are significant moves for a team that has been to the conference finals five out of the last seven years that has said, enough is enough. We want a banner. And I really like where they're at. And I'm really excited for this season. They they know that. I mean, they this is confidence for Jalen and Jason. They're like, we got the right two guys. We just got to put the right guys around them. And it's not, I'm not going to sit here and say that Marcus and Rob and like, but at some point, you know, you have to get past a certain level. And, and the Celtics level at this point is the Eastern Conference Finals in the finals. And look around you. I mean, again, teams are going to continue to get better as as we get, get along here. And, and Boston is just – and I give Wick and Brad and Steve and everybody, you know, some credit for just saying, no, we're not going to sit here and sit on our hands and hope for the best. Like, we have to be proactive about this. And they went out and did it. I'll do one. I'll go, I'll go this far with this. This roster to me is the most talented roster they've had since – the KG Paul Pierce for Allen years. And, mm-hmm. you know, people be like, Oh, what about Al and Gordon and, and Jalen and Jason, Jalen and Jason were babies. They weren't even in Kyrie, you know, look, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. All right. Well, I mean that, that, what was it? The 18, what, what was the year that Hayward got hurt? Was that the 18, 19 or 17, 18, 17, 18, right? Um, so years right now are tough for me. So it's yeah, around. Uh, so anyway, the first year of Kyrie and Hayward, even though Hayward went down five minutes into his right. career, was never the same after. Yeah. But the feelings going into that season, I, would I think say that, we're right there. Yeah, that roster was. I think we're even higher than that. To be honest with you, I think I think the expectations are like way higher than that because we know what Jalen and Jason are now, and sure. so now you're like those guys are 26, 27. You know, will be upcoming this season. Um, th- those guys are in their prime and they have some guys around them to, to give them even more ammo than they had back then. Like, I think if you put these two teams on the floor, that this team would just wipe the floor with that team. And again, I'm not trying to say, you know, Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris and, and I think this team would yeah. wipe the floor with that team. They wouldn't know how to handle it. I'm just, I'm, I'm itching to go, man. I'm excited about this season. I think that, like I said, I've said it time and time again, it's just now it makes sense to me. All of, you know, now, now that the full picture is, is completed. And yes, I think they could still make a, a move potentially to a small move, not nothing significant, you know, to add somebody in the, in the front court, just for depth, you know, as, as we said, like get through the regular season, you, you need bodies. It can be someone of, of Cornette's uh, caliber player, you know, something like that. Blake Griffin in an ideal world. I'm sure the team would love to bring back if, uh, if it could, I don't think it, that's going to happen by based on all the reporting that's out there, but yeah, I mean, you've, you've, there's, there's a little bit of a hole for sure. Uh, I, I think your concerns are absolutely valid. Uh, but to me, you had a hole at guard that that was in some ways more important to sure up with the acquisition of, of Porzingis. So raring to get going. Uh, preseason games right around the corner, uh, you know, like literally like a few days yeah. away. And uh, and uh, regular season is is coming up. It's you know, hockey season is starting in a few days We're we're here, man. Like winter is here. We're not at Halloween yet, but damn it, winter is here. Yeah, but we made time. it though. We we got through like the August slog of nothingness, and now we're here in October. We're like everything's great. There was no slog. We were just diagram, you know, diagramming what was going to happen for we you. We did. Yeah. The question is whether you were listening and paying attention. 
<laughs> Don't answer that question. Just you're paying attention now. That's what matters. Yeah, that's that's all that's going forward. <laughs> Uh, all right. For Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe, Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Kaufman. Uh, we're we're going to be talking like actual basketball and fits and what it looks like on the floor and all that good stuff next time. So be with us next week. We'll see you then. Rate, review, subscribe, Celtics Beat, wherever you get your podcasts. Till then.